What's up, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, part of the uh, Sawdust Podcast Network, sponsored here by Fantasy Alarm. Well, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm. We're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm your host, Howard Bender, with me here, Adam Ronis. Been quite a day, Adam. A lot of fantasy football chatter right now. It's August. It's draft month. Everybody is uh, super stoked about it. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you about today was there's been a lot of talk uh, keeper leagues versus dynasty leagues. Um, you know, what's the preference? What's the preferred setup? Uh, and then, of course, you know, for all these people who have traded for all of these first round picks in dynasty, now the question is, is like, which direction do they go in? So I uh, wanted to get your thoughts here first. Let's start with some league setup stuff. Dynasty versus keeper, do you have a preference? Yeah, I prefer keeper leagues. Um, you know, dynasty leagues are fine. I have played in them. I don't right now. I was in a dynasty league that folded after like three, four years. I did w- win it one year. 16-team league, too. Pretty deep IDPs. So I don't know if that turned me off to it. But I prefer a keeper, you know, because like you could have a, a really bad dynasty team and get stuck with it for a while. That kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, there's some enjoyment and satisfaction in rebuilding and trading picks. But it's see, I, it's it's not my mentality. My mentality is win now, no matter what. Even even in my keep my like I do a keeper league for baseball auction. I always go for it. I will trade my prospects. I want to win this year. I'm not waiting till two years, three years. But that's my mentality. I want to win now. So maybe that's why also I don't love it as much. So if I'm gonna be asked to do one. I prefer keeper, you know, keep two, three, four guys. I'm fine with that. But dynasty, I understand why people love it. Uh, I just, I don't know. I prefer redraft leagues. Um, I actually like redraft leagues as well. When it comes to baseball, I, you know, listen, I mean, I've been in keeper leagues for years and I love keeper leagues. I don't mind a dynasty league for baseball. Um, because I'm like you, I, you know, it's the win now mentality and, you know, if I have a, a team that doesn't look like it's going to win, then, you know, yeah, I can I can do the rebuild. My, my hang-up with Dynasty Leagues overall uh, is that come the trade deadline, you get so many people who it's not really about their skill. It's about who pulls off the most egregious dump trade in Dynasty, whether it's, you know, trading off picks and, uh, and you know, a player like one strong, you know, one solid player uh, in order to get five or six guys who are going to help you right now. It always... Kind of to me, it throws off the competitive balance, but I don't mind a dynasty in baseball because I like the size of the rosters. For football, the year-to-year stuff doesn't work. There's between free agency and the amount of coach movement that we see in football. Um, you know, to me, it's like it limits the shelf life of the quality of a quality player um, because his coach could leave after you know two, three seasons, and then what are you going to do then if the scheme changes and it doesn't fit the guy? So. I, you know, I like a, a regular keeper league uh, in football. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, to me, more than four keepers is too much. Like, you know, you're going to you, you want parity in the league. So, you know, you end up wanting to, you know, two or three keepers at, at the most and throw everybody else back and, and kind of work it that way. That's 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 where I'm at. It seems like you're on the same page. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, look, we see it in pro sports too. trade deadline comes. But you usually don't see a trade that you go, oh, that team's winning the championship now based on that trade. You'll hardly see that. You know, there's teams that are really good and competing for the championship. 
But there's never a trade where you go, oh, that's it. I'm not watching no more. This team's winning. Where that can happen in fantasy. Yeah, it definitely could happen in fantasy. That's why. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, really, you know, I had to like in my home league had to incorporate different rules to say that, okay, uh, if if you are trading after this date, then any player you trade for, you have to keep next year, you know, and, and that sort of deters somebody from doing that, you know, five for one deal, especially because they know that they're going to get saddled with a, a ton of keepers the following year and it might not pan out for them. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I like that. As far as like keeper leagues, though, um, standard rates of inflation for you year to year? Uh, as far as salary or rounds? Well, I mean, both, I think. I mean, you know, a lot of people do it where it's, uh, you know, the round where you drafted the guy. But, I mean, you know, how many times have you been asked a question about a about a, a, a keeper league and they turn to you and they're like, yeah, I've got Mike Trout in the 17th round. Like, no, bro. You shouldn't, yeah, that's, you shouldn't yeah, have him there like, in the 17th. Yeah, so you got him like before, like, before he got called up in round 19 and then it moves up one round each year. And it's like, geez, man, you're going to get like value for life. Um, Cause yeah, I think that I did have trout at a really cheap price at one point. I think now it's probably, I think next year, Oh no, we, we voted because of the pandemic and we only have a two month season. I put it to vote and it got voted that we will not increase prices for next year. So what we do in baseball, any player $20 or over, goes up $6, any player $19 or less goes up $4 from their price. Uh, but we decided for this year not to increase any prices because we only got two months of the season. Uh, so I, I'm cool with something like that, even from football too. Yeah, in, in my auctions, we do a, a 15% increase from year to year. Um, so that way it does, you know, because, I mean, even on the $1 player, <clears throat> it, it starts to add up a little bit more after a couple of seasons. So... And then, and then, of course, like instilling, you know, instituting contracts. Do you play in any leagues where, you know, it's like you can't keep the guy for more than three years? You can protect him at the end of the first year for and, and extend his contract for three years at a, at a specific price? No, I don't do anything like that, but I have seen numerous leagues like that. So, yeah, there's a variation to make it interesting. So I'm, I'm cool with that as well. Right on. Well, let's let's talk about some uh, some drafting here for uh, for rookie drafts. I actually have the SiriusXM uh, Dynasty League that I uh, that I run. Uh, we've got our rookie draft coming up, but I mean, I'm just getting bombarded with questions as far as the rookies right now. Yeah, we've got that eye on on winning right now, but you know, do some guys have different value, differing values because you're planning on them from uh, for a little bit more long term? So. Kind of wanted your thoughts as far as uh, as far as some of the rookies go, and you know who you like, who you don't like. Uh, I mean, let's start off. You know what? Let's uh, let's start off with your top five. Do you have a top five list? Yeah, I think it's Jonathan Taylor, Edwards, Hilaire, Lamb, Dobbins, and Judy. But I think it also comes down to. What you need, obviously, there's some teams that are in desperate need of running back. So if you want to push another running back up, uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, the receivers are like the top receivers, I think, are really good. But I know so many teams need running backs. Right. Uh, but that's that's the way I would generally do it. Just bet, best player available. I'm surprised you don't have Cam Akers up there. Right. He's right outside there. I do like him a lot, uh-huh. uh, but it, it's close. 
Okay, so Taylor, Edward Solaire, I'm cool with that. Lamb, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think the dude is, is mad talented and he's definitely going to be a, a player long term. There's so many mouths to feed for this year, but nevertheless, I got that. And then you said Dobbins after that, and then Jerry Judy rounds out your top five. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, give me your thoughts here on uh, on on Judy, not just for long term prospects, but let's talk about him for this year because, you know, we're we're hearing a lot of great things about Cortland Sutton. We know he's still the number one in Denver, so you know the role that Judy's going to have immediately. Uh, do you see that blossoming as as early as this season? Uh, I think it could be inconsistent this year. You know, that, like you said, Denver has a lot of weapons. There's Sutton. There's Noah Fant. There's the running backs. So are we expecting Drew Locke to just come in and be money in the bank? I'm not so sure. So I haven't really drafted Judy this year. And, again, I like him a lot. Great route runner. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if we see that big season this year. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. I think I have him in one league. Um, but that's, you know, I mean, again, I'm leaning on the running backs. Give me your thought process here. Jonathan Taylor versus Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You have Taylor first, Edwards Hilaire second. Um, you know, give me, give me the breakdown here because a lot of people are still obviously, uh, CEH, uh, for this season is huge. And you said even that you would take him uh, in the first round. Yeah, I prefer him for this year. I think long-term, though, I lean Taylor. He's got that great build behind a great offensive line in Indianapolis. You know they're going to run the football. He just has Marlon Mack there to deal with now. And I think he will surpass him, whether it's week three, five, six, whatever it is. Whereas this year, at least, we know Edwards Hilaire is going to be the guy. He's running with the first team, sure. Maybe DeAndre Washington, Darrell Williams. Darwin Thompson, maybe they cut in a little bit. But, like, Edward Tiller has the path. If he does what he's supposed to do and he shines, he's going to be the main back where Taylor still needs to get Mac out of the way. And, you know, based on what the Colts did, I think they want Taylor to emerge. And I believe, isn't Mac a free agent at the end of the year? So that's part of it, too. So I think it's very close. I wouldn't, if you said, oh, you're crazy, I'd go Edward Tiller. I wouldn't argue with you. Uh, but I, I lean Taylor slightly. I have so many other things to tell you that you're crazy about. That, that's uh, okay. They did that splitting hairs between these two guys is probably the least uh, least. <coughs> see, God's punishing me right yeah, now. See, yeah, see, yeah. Don't talk thing. bad about me. Look what's gonna happen. Be careful what you say. Yeah. See. Hopefully, you learn your lesson after all I'm this. I'm choking on my own spit, Adam. I'm choking on my it's own okay. spit. It's you, okay. You'll survive. Like I said, you're living in '92, so this is just a small <laughs> bump in the road. Tell you, dude, ninety two would depress me beyond belief. That'd be a really? horror show. All right, your top. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I bet you're gonna live. No, Adam, I'm telling you, I'm gonna die soon. I bet you're gonna live. I don't necessarily know if you. Some. Do you have money riding on that at all with anybody? I not yet, but now you got me intrigued. Right. I mean, give some odds. I'm sure that Impemba, Grande. Uh, you know, Fensty, Jen Piacenti, they'd all put put some action on it, I think. I'm sure they would. I was trying to stir the pot between you and Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton today on Twitter. That didn't that didn't really take, so I was kind of bummed about that. But I'm sure <laughs> they bet on me to to die soon. 
Yeah, you think so? I think anybody in their right anybody in their right mind would have to bet on a bet against me living. Dude, I'm like the unhealthiest person you know. Well, that means that you will live long. That's how it goes. Like you could be the healthiest person, do everything <laughs> right. And well, well, that guy was he was in shape, he ate well, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink. I'm gone at 52. I think that works only for like the older generation. You know, my great grandma smoked a pack of Marlboro a day every single day and uh, and drank like a like a fish. I think that that those, like back then it, it was more of you know preserving the body. This time around, I don't know so much about that. I think it's a little different. We'll see. We'll see. If you guys want to uh, hit up Adam Adam at Adam Ronis on Twitter. Uh, and lay a bet as to when you think I'm going to kick the bucket. Uh, you know, listen, I can scoop you some inside information. That's just good. That's a tough collection. Yeah, Bender's gone. All right, where's my 500? What are you talking about? That'd be an amazing collection. Oh, we're so sorry they died. I'm going to use some of the money I just won to buy him flowers. How about I'll be that? at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just haven't announced it to make. Anyone who bet on Bender's death and needs payments, come see me at the end. I'll be over there. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the day. <laughs> Enjoy the food. We got a nice spread for you here. Get some Howard's bait. favorite barbecue food. Eat it up, because if he was here, he would. <laughs> that would be amazing. We do bar half barbecue and then like half like bagels and lots. I don't know. I've thought about this. Like, if I pass away, I want people. To just ha enjoy the day, eat, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we get all sad. We've been there, but come on, man. Like, just life is short. Enjoy the moment. Eat food, whatever. There's no need to sit there and, like, you know, be sullen all day. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that, but that's the way I think. I want to be I want to be missed. I want to be thought of fondly when I go. But I don't want you, like, crying right, over it. Right, exactly. Yeah. No. That's no fun. That's no fun. Dedicate a fantasy season to me and win the championship. That that'll. You know what? That's it, you know what? You, I actually I had a friend pass away. I think it's five years ago now, and he was in my fantasy area. I named my, uh, my baseball, football, and basketball leagues after him because he played in all of them. Nice. I you know that's so funny. I took over my friend's dad who passed away, who was one of the guys who got us so heavily into fantasy when he passed away. Uh, I took over his team uh, in this other league of his and kept the name the same and, you know, just kind of threw out that dedication. I'm in second place right now uh, with like a like a like a nine point lead over third. And like, yeah, I think I'm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Three and a half behind first. So got me some styling guys. Yeah, no, I mean, we've played, we all have been there. We played in leagues with people for a long time. And if someone was a fixture in their league, you know, I just felt it was right to, to name the league after him. Sure. And it's been that way because uh, he played in every one of those leagues. Always. He was always in. I love it. You got to honor the greats. You got to honor the greats. Um, I mean, he right. wasn't a great fantasy player, but he was in the league. <laughs> as long as he's an active owner in the league and he wasn't giving you a whole hard time and grief about everything, then yeah. He was one of those guys who would like, he wasn't into it. Like he would set his line of everything, but he wasn't into it like we are. Like he wouldn't make moves all the time and obsess over it. He would kind of be that casual player. And I, I've always felt like, I'm like, this guy's throwing away money every single year. I don't even know if he... He might have finished. He might have cashed 
once or twice, maybe in basketball. I don't. He never won my baseball league. I know that. I don't think he ever won the football league. So I always felt I'm like, oh, this guy's throwing away money over here. All right, you want to join? <laughs> but he was he was a good friend that I worked with. He knew sports, so I would always ask him, "Are you in?" He's like, "Yeah, man, I'm in." So. All right, beautiful. We'll give a shout out to him. I'll pour a little something out right now, and uh, and we'll celebrate him. Um, all right, let's get back to the uh, the fantasy football. So Taylor, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Ceedee Lamb, J.K. Dobbins, Jerry Judy. Let me see if I can guess your your next five. All right, let me see. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm going to say Acres, Swift, Rieger, um. I'll go Pittman and Jefferson. Close. All right. What is it? Akers, Swift, Rieger, Ruggs, Jefferson. Ruggs. Yeah, yeah. you know, I I looked at that. Um, you know, it's that whole Al Davis told me that this guy's the fastest dude in the world and that's why I have to go with him kind of thing. And even I mean, look, I, I wouldn't have selected him over Judy and Lamb, but look, they need a playmaker. They did bring him in. I think he's going to be utilized this year. I think he's going to be utilized as well. I do. I just I, I worry just about this offense in general, like the passing game. You know, I mean, I don't want to hate on Derek Carr, but. You've got. Oh runs. my! I can't, I got to. They showed some ridiculous stat today. This is where I wish I wrote it down. It was something like Carr's one of three quarterbacks to throw for four thousand yards and seventy percent completion percentage. I think over the last two years. I'm like, this is the stupidest stat to say a quarterback is good. Like, how do we? How far do we have to go to put Derek Carr and the other two quarterbacks were really good? I can't remember who it was. But like, this is ridiculous, man. That's where stats. <laughs> Where you can pick a stat to like tell a narrative that you want. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. The reason why Carr has such a high completion percentage, he doesn't throw downfield. He's scared, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's and not a good quarterback. I, I agree with you on that. I, I am not a fan of Carr at all. I'm not either. And and to be honest, though, they really haven't been surrounding him with, with great weapons either. Tyrell Williams. I mean, yeah, granted the foot issue last year. Okay, fine. But... You know, Tyrell was an underachiever in, uh, you know, for, for the Chargers, as is anyway. So you've well, got... Waller bowled out. Renfro was okay. But now they brought in guys. They drafted Brian Edwards, who was really good, was yeah. a top prospect, except of injuries. We've heard positive things about him. They got Ruggs. They got Waller. So there's kind of no – I don't – they brought in weapons this year. You're right. Last year, not a lot. But they brought in weapons this year. And now the pressure's on him to perform. Well – Pressure's definitely on him to perform. I, uh, I, I and I don't really have much confidence in him at all. Neither do I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so do the Raiders just tank it all to bring uh, Trevor Lawrence to Vegas? I don't think they tank intentionally, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have a really tough schedule to open. If I'm, I know their home their home openers week two Monday night against the Saints, which will not be an easy game. And they're going to be very – I was talking to my friend about this today. It's going to be so weird. These NFL – NFL home field advantage is a big deal, and it's not there this year. Like Seattle, the 12th man, see ya. Yeah, that that is definitely a, a huge factor, I think. I mean, we're seeing it in the NBA in the bubble. 
right? I oh mean, yeah, yeah. That that that's they, been huge. Just having neutral territory there. So yeah, in football, um, I definitely see that also. I mean, baseball at least they're in, they're in their own stadium, so they know their the intricacies of the park, the bounce off the wall. So I guess there's a little something there. Uh, but the other sports, it's uh, different. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, so I've got your your top ten right there. I, uh, I, I I'm not gonna hate on it. I, the only player that I, I disagreed with was uh, I threw Michael Pittman in there instead of Rugs, um, and that's you know obviously that's just my my thoughts about you know the situation that Pittman's in in Indianapolis right now versus the situation that Rugs is in uh, with Vegas. So that's you know. I think we're pretty on par there. So anybody out there, you got dynasty questions, uh, keeper questions, everything like that, hit up Adam Ronis at Adam Ronis. You can hit me up at RotoBuzzGuy on the old Twitter machine, uh, and we can go through it back and forth. You can also hear uh, Adam doing his thing over – he's got the, the Fantasy Alarm live streams uh, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. He is uh, on at least two of those a week. And then, of course, Alarm After Hours on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, making Justin Fensterman's life miserable. By the way, love that tweet last night. Uh, well, today is uh, today's Thursday. So your I guess was your tweet on Tuesday or Wednesday where you said, going to find out just how poorly uh, Fensterman, just how bad Fensterman's team looks in the Sirius XM host draft. Yes, that was... <laughs> That was Wednesday night. Did you rip his team? Uh, some of the picks. I mean, it wasn't bad. He was kind of offended that I didn't think he had the best draft of the alarm crew. <laughs> I think that kind of bothered him. He's like, come on, my draft's good, right? I'm like, eh. So he's like, you really only didn't like one pick or two. I was like, eh, I don't know. It's This is definitely a team I would not come out with and be happy. Nah, I'm just messing with him. <laughs> No, I love it, dude. I love it. I listen. I was playing mind games with him that entire time, like just poaching players. Oh yeah, he was mad you took Cam Akers for sure. Yeah, he was mad I took Cam Akers. He was mad that I took. Uh, God, I don't know. There, oh, Lazard was another one that he was looking at. There was somebody else. There was a third guy that uh, he was. But eyeballing. It, important lesson to take away from that. He talked about it. He said he made a mistake taking Devin Singletary in round four. Like he kind of felt like, oh, here comes the running back run. I got to get one. And don't ever do that. And I think a lot of people make that mistake, especially when you're picking on the end and he had the one pick. Oh, the running backs are flying off the board. I have to get one. If you don't like the running back there, don't take him because there's a reason you don't like him. Don't worry about it. You got the one pick. You probably have Christian McCaffrey. You'll just pluck running backs later. You don't have to have the best team coming out of the draft. You have to have the best team at the end of this season. The draft is one piece of the puzzle. So I think a lot of people will be like, oh, these host drafts and these industry drafts. Well, why do I pay attention for it? To learn things from them. If you hear someone say, hey, I made a mistake, listen to them and make sure you don't do the same thing. And everyone has been in that spot where, oh, here comes the run. If I don't get one now, I'm in trouble. No, there's always someone later on. It might not be as good as what you want, but don't worry about it. Don't fall into the trap because everyone else took running backs there that you feel like, oh, I have to fall in line and take one. But there could be a big teardrop, so don't get sucked in and learn 
from what people do. 100%. Very well said. Very, very well said. Um, all right, let's uh, leave the fantasy football community for a little bit here. want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight, i got to be honest with you guys, man. If you're not playing on Monkey Knife Fight, uh, I don't know what you're doing. And I'll tell you what, here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So get yourselves over to Monkey Knife Fight, people. Write it down, monkeyknifefight.com, and then use that promo code ANTEUP. Uh, all right, Adam, let's uh, let's head on over to the old best bets in the NBA. We got a lot of action. Uh, I mean, well, first off, how about how'd you like the games uh, today? Bucks over the Bucks over the Magic. They cover the spread. Heat. Uh, the Heat were was your pick yesterday. Oh no, you said the Pacers plus the points, didn't you? Ooh, sorry. Uh-oh. Yeah, and then I didn't write anything up, but I went back to the Heat. Uh, but yeah, it was they didn't cover. It was close, but Miami's a better team. I think they're going to win that series in five. I think the Pacers only win one game. Okay, I can accept that. And then uh, Rockets over the Thunder today. Uh, you had that one too, didn't you? I think so. Yeah. Right? Did I? I don't even remember what I said the day before. You got to check Wager Alarm because. These are early preliminary looks. Then I look at more data, see where money's coming in. So these are the early look at the games. But check out wageralarm.com for the picks each day. Uh, sometimes I throw in some player props. I know I did for Thursday's games. There were a couple player props in there. Uh, but, yeah, and then for the night game, I have Portland getting six and a half. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, we, we, we definitely I remember that one from last night. I definitely remember when we recorded the other day. All right, well let's take a let's take a nice little look over at uh, at Friday's slate in the uh, in the NBA. Uh, we'll start off with the first game of the day. That's going to be the Raptors against the Nets. Uh, they're they're increasing this point spread here, ten and a half now. Uh, Toronto over the Nets. The over under is two twenty one. That money line is a big minus five thirty for the Raptors. Yeah, I expect the Raptors to win. Give credit to the Nets. They kept it really close in game two, had the lead there, but kind of always felt Toronto was going to get in front. Joe Harris left the bubble, so that kind of hurts the Nets a little bit. I'd probably take the 10.5. The Nets are a team that's not going to quit. There are a couple teams in the playoffs now that I feel we'll get to that are going to quit. 
so I lean towards Brooklyn. Again, I don't love this game, uh, but I would lean towards the Nets getting the points because they're a really scrappy team that fights and claws. I don't see this team giving up. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> Nets plus 10 and a half. Uh, next game on the slate, Nuggets, Utah. Utah slapped them around uh, in the second game. Denver needed overtime but still won by 10 uh, over Utah. Utah is a, uh, a one-and-a-half-point underdog uh, going into uh, Friday's game. 218-and-a-half is the over-under. Uh, the money line leans Denver here at minus 120. Yeah, I lean Denver. I still feel that they're a better team, even though Utah has probably played better in the first two games. Even game one, Utah had the lead, let it slip away, went to overtime, and Denver ran away with it. Jamal Murray's coming off a bad game, only 14 points. Royce O'Neal did a good job guarding him. Uh, but I'm going to lean to Denver here. It's a small line. I think they're the better team. And uh, they haven't adjusted this total yet. Both games, I know the first one was overtime. Both have gone over. Uh, so I think it will continue to go over. All right. I like that. I like that. Game three on the day. And this is the one I'm waiting for because I know that Adam's getting froggy with it here. Boston, five-point favorites over the 76ers. The over-under is 216. The money line says Boston minus 215. Go ahead. Piss on those Sixers. Yeah, look. I want to say that the Sixers will show up and make it a series. I just don't see it. I mean, I felt like they kind of quit late in game two. There's definitely issues with this team. It has been all year. You know, they had two losses at home and they couldn't win on the road. Even with Gordon Hayward being out, Boston just played so much better. I just, I can't take Philly. I just can't. Uh, they have to show me something first and, and they haven't. Uh, so I'm going to take Boston. Take Boston, lay the points. I said I'm fine with that. Um, Joel Embiid, what do you think? Uh, out by the mid-second quarter with a with no. a faux injury. Nah, he'll he'll play, uh, and he'll probably. I have. I'm more interested to see what his prop was. I almost gave it out for the last game, and I didn't. I should have known that he was going to go easily over it. Uh, but nah, Embiid will play. All right. Okay. Last game of the night, Clippers Mavericks. Mavericks with a big win uh on Wednesday. So the series is tied at 1. Clippers are favored uh by 4 and a half for uh for Friday. Over under is a big old 232 and a half. Money line says Clippers minus 200. Yeah, Mavericks played very well the other night. I mean, the Clippers made a run and Mavericks answered every time, and even Luka was in a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, they got great production from the bench, and that was supposed to be the Clippers' strength. But Montrez Harrell still adjusting uh, since he just came back in the bubble. Uh, Patrick Beverly didn't play that game with a calf issue. We'll see if he goes. I think that really hurt them, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I've been back in the Clippers all year. I think they respond here, so I'm going to take them. And I also like the over again. I had the over last game. Um, look, Mavericks, very confident right now. Uh, and Luka is dangerous. So is Porzingis. But uh, I'm going to stick with the Clippers. Expect them to respond with a big performance here. All right. Not calling for the big upset. All right. I can handle that. So we like the Nets with the points. We like uh, Denver 
laying that one and a half. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. We like the Celtics laying the five. And we'll take the Clippers minus four and a half on this one. And uh, and you said you like the over on the uh, the Denver-Utah game, that 218 and a half. Yeah, and the over on the Mavs clips. And the over on the Mavs clips. All right, great stuff as always. Guys, definitely check out wageralarm.com because as Adam says, the more news that comes out, uh, the closer it gets towards the uh, towards the game, you might want to be watching the line, and uh, if it tilts better in uh, in your favor, Adam will be uh, be sure to let you know. I love it. Baseball baseball picks there too, five and zero oh between Tuesday and Wednesday. Ooh, how many units are you up? Um, I didn't I didn't put specific units on it. Just say a thousand, Adam. Just say a thousand. A thousand and two. There you- oh, oh, see now I know you're lying. A thousand and two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here for Anti Up. Thanks as always for you guys tuning in. Big thanks to Sawdust Podcast Network. Get yourselves over to Monkey Knife Fight. Sign up, people. Sign up. In-game props. Adam and I are probably gonna run some contests. Once the NFL starts going and uh, and we start diving a little deeper into some uh, some football, that is right around the corner, baby. Right around. Do you believe that, Adam? It's it's mid. It's beyond mid August right now. We're like three weeks away from uh, from week one of the NFL. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize it. So make sure you schedule those drafts. Schedule those drafts. Get them done. All right. Again, thanks to all of you for listening. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Anti Up. We'll catch you next time.